Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Welcome, Crossbridge. My name's Kevin, and I'm the lead pastor. And I want to welcome those in Morris, those in Peru, as well as every person who is uh, worshiping with us online. I am grateful that you've chosen to worship with us here at Crossbridge. We are one church in many locations, and I'm excited to share with you. We're starting a Christmas series. You've probably already heard this. And, uh, and, and Christmas is like right around the corner. In fact, uh, it, this feels like every year, like, we, like Christmas is like three months away, right? Hey, what if God could do something unexpected in your life this Christmas? What if you were to walk towards Christmas expecting the unexpected? Most of us have expectations around Christmas. Many of you, I'm sure, have certain family traditions. There's certain things that you do every single year. And, and part of that is like, it is our Christmas, right? We each kind of have a unique Christmas story. And those stories are developed and passed down. And, um, and we enjoy those. I, I was reminded as a kid, I don't, this is going to date me a little bit, but how many of you would say you remember when like the JCPenney or Sears Christmas catalog would come in the mail? right? Um, that was so fun. I'd go through there and look, and it would get you ideas for Christmas, and the anticipation. In fact, I remember um, as we would march towards Christmas, and you get the catalog, and then, you know, mom would start making the cookies, and, and, and you know this, as a kid, you're paying attention to the bags that mom was bringing in the house, you know. I was, I was offering to help clean out her closets and underneath her bed without her even knowing, um, just because, uh, yeah, I, I was a smart kid. Hey, even taking Christmas beyond that, the anticipation of it, um, maybe, maybe you'd say, man, I don't know, Christmas, I didn't have the greatest Christmases at home, but I, I'm, I'm guessing this, all of us know what it's like to wait in anticipation of something. That anticipation could be something like a wedding day, the birth of a baby, retirement, or a long past due uh, raise that you've been waiting on. As we zero in on Christmas, um, I want us to look at the bigger picture. And so I'm looking at Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. Now, when you hear this, you may think it's a weird passage to start this series, but, but give me a little bit because I'm going to share with you. Here's what it says. And this is Jesus talking. But about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As was in the days of Noah, so it'll be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. The two will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Father, thank you. I thank you for our campuses and I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. And I do pray that this Christmas, even though for many of us we know this story, that you would speak to us in unexpected ways. 
I, I trust that you're going to help me to communicate this today, and I ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen. As I think about that passage of scripture, you're probably like, man, that's weird. Like, I would not have expected that at Christmas time. And just to be transparent, that passage of scripture still brings back a little baggage for me too. Um, I've shared about this passage of scripture before. In fact, when, like back in the 70s, they created a movie about this passage of scripture and people were like, like, you know, mowing in their yard and all of a sudden like would get sucked up and the lawnmowers would like just keep going and cars were wrecking because people were, you know, being, being taken out of the world. And I remember watching that video as a kid and I mean, it, it, it scared the devil right out of me. And, and I say that to say, I, I think this passage could be used um, in line with fear, but I really don't think it was about fear. I think this passage was about promises. And, and just as Christ um, was supposed to come, right? He did. And, and as we say it again, as he's saying, I'm going to come, we can bank on the fact that, that promise is going to come true as well. And, and here's the key to it, right? That we're watchful and that we're ready and that we're living with anticipation an expectation to see this hope fulfilled. Uh, I wanted to point out a few things, and, and the first one is this, that I, I think this is really important as we start moving towards Christmas here uh, at, the, at the very beginning of, of, this, of this holiday. Listen to Matthew chapter 24. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. Now, this, and then the little next piece. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. See, I think this picture of keeping watch, of being alert, of staying the course, it requires an intentionality by us. It requires us to be purposeful with the way that we live. I remember as a kid, I think I shared this, this story several years ago. Um, I remember as a kid, I grew up in the country, and it was one night, um, you know, middle of the night, and we had a dog outside, and that dog was going crazy and barking, and, and that was always an indicator in the country that something was going on. I mean, it, it could be an animal, it could be whatever, but something. When that dog went off, it was, you know, it's like, it's like your security system in the country, right? I, I remember in the middle of the night hearing my dad get up. And I remember when he, he walked down the hall and I heard him go out into the dining room and I was listening intently and, um, and I couldn't help it. I was like, I'm getting up to see what's going on. So I got up and I walked into the dining room. My dad was actually standing in the kitchen and I remember flipping on the light and then he yelled at me, which he never yelled at me. Um, at least that this wasn't in my dad's nature, but he was like, turn the light off. And so I turned it back off. And, and at that point, like, I was like, what is going on? Right. And, and he was staring out the kitchen window and he said, Kevin, come here. And so I, I went to the kitchen sink. Um, it kind of reminds you of last week's sermon, right? Harold looking out the window. I, I was looking out the window, and, and all of a sudden, I saw a man walk in front of the barn, in front of the bushes, and go inside the barn, just right there on our property. And, and it scared me to death. And, and my dad said, he, he said, hey, I'm going to go put my clothes on, and I need you to stand at this window, and I just need you to stare at that barn and make sure he doesn't come out. And I just remember thinking, this is a terrible job, right? And, and as a little kid, I remember standing there at the sink um, in my whitey tidies, don't get any mental picture, but I remember it, right? Standing there, just shaking. Every piece of me was shaking as I was staring, thinking someone is in the barn. 
And the deal was we lived next to a railroad tracks and someone, this was the story, the, the cops showed up and they went in the barn and they brought this guy out and he had ridden on the train and got off and ended up on our farm. Um, uh, that, you know, yeah, that was, a, that was a scary story as a kid. Uh, but I know this, when my dad told me to keep watch, I was keeping watch because I knew this, the barn to the house was not that far. And if I saw any clue of that man coming out of the barn, I was going to be screaming for my dad for all I was worth. What does it mean for us to keep watch spiritually? What does it mean for us to be focused? You know, I think about this way, to live in a way that if the day is today that Jesus returns, that we know that we're ready. I was trying to think about this and how to just to put it in, in very easy terms for us to wrap our heads around. I think, I think it's a couple things. Number one, God says the most like greatest commandment is this, is to love the Lord your God. And the second is to love your neighbor. And so I was thinking about it. What does it look like to live ready? And I think in its simplest form, it's to make sure that you have a great relationship with God, that you have a great personal relationship that is up to date with God that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're good, that this relationship is where it needs to be. I think the second piece, though, is this, that you know your relationships with others are where they should be. Now, some of you may say, oh, boy, like, I mean, you know, are you talking about Uncle Jerry? And I'm like, yeah, I'm talking about Uncle Jerry. All those relationships, right, that we've done all we can to make sure that our relationship with God is clean and our relationship with others is clean. I think that's one of the ways we live ready. You know, just, just this last week, I had an individual that I was talking to who said, man, Kevin, like I am finally there. I am finally ready. And, and I just want to commit my life to Christ. And I said, you're actually at a really good place. What I heard was this, that, that I've been like looking at it too long from out here, that I've been trying to do too many things. I've been trying to control my life myself, and I'm ready to zero in and to focus on my relationship with him. That's, that's a great phone call when you get it. See, it's about setting our focus on where we desire to end up. Think about this, where we desire to end up and then trusting God to help us to get there. It's like when you start a trip that you have the end in mind. You know, for me, I think, what did we do when we traveled? You know, even as a kid, what did we do before we had GPS? What did we do before we had Siri, right? I, you know, I think about it. Every time I get in the car, I'm like, hey, Siri, take me to the nearest Chick-fil-A, right? And, and I know, like, she can pop it up, and I can hit go, and I can get there. And when I get there, I'm getting a chicken biscuit, guaranteed, right? I believe the same about my relationship with God. See, I, I think it looks like this. Hey, Father, I know I haven't been as focused, but I need you to zero, zero, help me zero in because at the end of the day, I want to make heaven my home. At the end of the day, I want to be ready. And here's what we trust. We trust that God can get us there, that he can lead us. And I think there's a number of ways to get there, but we have to trust that he is the one who can guide us and get us to this place of readiness. I know um, I'm making it sound way too easy, and the truth is it isn't. In fact, here's what I know about my own life, and I know about yours too, that distraction is a real problem. If you listen to Matthew chapter 24, Verses 38 and 39, it talks about uh, the people of Noah's time. And here's what it says. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. 
and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. You know, what I hear in this passage, man, these people were just enjoying life, right? And they never saw the storm coming. And then, boom, it was on them. They were not ready. There's a story right after this about 10 women who were waiting to meet the bridegroom. And he took a while in coming, and the scripture says they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Same kind of picture, right? Not alert, not living watchful, but in a sense, falling asleep, being distracted. Distraction's a real problem. While we may know that Christ is coming, we often allow other things to consume us and take our focus. I'll admit, I struggle with distraction. I can get distraction, uh, distracted very easily. In fact, not long ago, Pastor John bought me a gift. And it was a nice gift, but I, I know there was some meaning behind it. And, and the gift was this. It was this little contraption that you put in your car, and it's kind of got a little lip on it, and you put it in the CD player, and then it expands, and it holds your phone. It holds it so when you say, hey, Siri, take me to Chick-fil-A, you don't have to hold the phone in your hand. You can actually sit it there, and then you can look and just see exactly where you need to go. I think John thought that um, I would enjoy that gift, but more than anything, I think John wanted me to have that gift because he rides with me. And I think he knows when I hold the phone and I look at my directions that I can get distracted. One of the things I would say, John is very similar to my wife in this way, is that she hates it when I hold the phone and, and I look at it for directions. In fact, what she will say is, can you just watch the road? Um, you, do you have ever a time with your spouse where like, you know, there's just one thing that goes over and over and over and it's a consistent thing you argue about? This is one of them in my house. That it's like rewinding and hitting play and rewinding and hitting play. We get in the car, I put the directions in and I hold it. And she'll say, put your phone down. Like, don't hold it. And she'll put it in her phone. And, and here's the problem with that. She puts it in her phone. And, and I kind of, I try to look over, right? I try to see what's coming next. And, and everything's good. But then all of a sudden, see, she, she starts texting. She starts emailing. And I'm like, hey, 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 where's my next turn? How far do I have to go? And she'll be like, 7.8 miles. You're going to turn left. And then she sends three more emails and two more texts. And I'm like, hey, 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 how far we got? And she'll be like, 7.4 miles, right? But, but here's what happens way too many times. Is, is that we kind of go through this little bantering and I'm like, okay, fine, fine, I'll, I'll lay off. I'm just gonna let her do this. Sure enough, right past the turn, we miss it. And then we're both like, you know, ready to throw down, right? See, this is the time of year, you know this. This is the time of year that offers distractions, lots of them. We live at breakneck speed and we have so much on our mind that Jesus sometimes gets lost in translation throughout the holidays. Business is a problem this time of year. In fact, from shiny stuff to family, I mean, good things, right? Family's good, but family can distract us to a calendar that gets way, way too full. It all becomes a distraction. Christmas is a time to intentionally, here's what I want you to do this year, to intentionally refocus, to refocus and regain some hope that you might need. See, make a commitment to keep Jesus at the forefront this Christmas. And, and here's the deal. You'll have to be intentional about it. You'll have to make that commitment now. That as you walk towards, in fact, you may already need to clean out the calendar some because you've already booked too much. But be intentional about not getting to Christmas and then saying, oh yeah, it's Jesus' birthday. But that you would get to Christmas and acknowledge the fact that you have been engaged with him across this month. Make a commitment. You know, I think that what that looks like, man, what if we just all made a commitment just to worship 
that we're going to show up and worship these weekends leading up to Christmas. What if we would make a commitment to say, hey, I'm not just going to like worship while I'm in the room, but I'm going to worship at home. I'm going to try to read some scripture. I'm going to try to pray. I'm going to try to talk to him more often. See, this passage we talk, that we talked about today, it, it reminds us. Here, here's this big picture that I want you to see. It reminds us to look back and, and to see the birth of Jesus. We do it every single year, right? We celebrate Christmas. But I think there's a bigger picture. Not just that we would look back and remember Christ's birth, but we would also look forward and be reminded that he will return again. In some ways, we live in this in-between time. We live where Jesus has come, which means great news for us. But we live in this in-between time where Jesus is going to return, and it will be incredible news for us. You know, um, oh, it was probably two weeks ago, I was driving on a, a road on the north side of Ottawa. It's called Wedron Road. Some of you may know where that is. Some of you don't. It's out in the country. And, and it's like a country highway, and I was driving along, and um, it was dark, and I was moving at a pretty good clip, and I came around a curve, and all of a sudden, many of you have had this happen before, right? There was a deer standing right in the middle of my lane. And when I say right in the middle, he wasn't looking at me. He was turned sideways, just standing in the middle of my lane. You know how it is when, when something like that happens on the road. Um, there's so many things that can go through your head. It's almost like it's, like it's happening so fast, but also your brain is in slow motion. And, and I remember thinking, do I go to the left and do I go in front of his nose or do I go to the right and go off the road a little bit, but just go right by his hind end? But I thought, I really have no idea which way he's going to go. And, and, in, and in like a split second, I thought, chances are, you know, if I'm him, I'm going forward, not in reverse. And so I, I went around, I didn't have time to shut the car down, so I went around, and I'm telling you, when I went behind him, if my window would have been down, I could have slapped him on the hind end. It was so close. And, and I look back, and sure enough, eventually he went forward. But see, I, I think there's a lot of times, right? My guess is when you're driving down the road and you see a deer, even on the side of the road, what, what mindset do you go into? You go into the mindset of expecting the unexpected. You're expecting that that deer is going to jump out, and so you put on the brakes, and, and you're just anticipating. You know, I have no idea what God has in store for us this Christmas, but I trust he has something. Here's my hope for you, that you don't just drift into Christmas, that you don't just drift into Christmas through all the busyness and all the stuff that comes with it, but that you would really look at this story that you would look at this story, which is truthfully, I mean, it's an old story. But you wouldn't just expect the normal, these traditions and these routines and these. You would look at this story, but you might expect that God might want to do something new. I, I, I believe this. I, I think what God wants us to see is not just a story that we look at once a year and we, we read about it in here and we, we bring out the nativity set. I think what he wants us to acknowledge is not that this story is something that is static in our past. This story is alive and well. And that there's hope in this story. And, and that this story, like, it was meant not just to be looked at from a distance. It was also meant to be looked at in the present and to know that because Jesus came, that we can have a relationship with him.
And then we get the reminder, right? Not only did he come once, but Jesus will return. And when he does, that all of our hopes will be fulfilled. That it will be an incredible day. A day that we could probably, even if we tried today, we could never wrap our heads around. There's sometimes, my guess is this, that even for some of you, maybe there's some things in your life that you struggle to be hopeful for. Maybe there's some things in your life that you struggle to believe that, that God is still alive and well enough that he could actually make a difference for these things that are out in front of you. I just want to encourage you today, he can. He absolutely can. And this story, this story is alive. And just as much as Jesus came, he will come again. And, and just as much as this story points to hope back here, it points to hope out here in front of us. You know, as your campus pastors prepare to come, here's, here's a couple of things I want you to think about. I want you to think about two, two kinds of things. Number one, what would it look like for you to get refocused? What would it look like for you to be intentional about zeroing in this Christmas that you would experience, that you could almost go into it expecting God to do something unexpected, expecting him to show up and do something new. And, and second thing is, is that maybe some of you are just struggling to be hopeful and to believe that this Christmas, this story that you've read so many times actually offers you so much hope in the midst of right where you are today. That God actually has something that you can live into in a way in which he could do things that you would never expect. But when he does, I pray and hope you'll notice it. You'll see it. And, and here's for all of us, right? What if we could have eyes of faith that would anticipate and expect an incredible Christmas? Father, I thank you. I thank you for who you are and I thank you for this incredible story. And, and Lord, may we trust that just as you showed up, that when you tell us you're going to show up again, you will. You're a God who keeps his promises. You're a God who is real and walks with his people. And you're a God that even in the midst of some folks, my guess is at our campuses, who are struggling with what's out in front of them, God, may they believe that there is hope you are our living hope that is real, who desires to live within us and to walk with us and help us with everything that we, that we will encounter. I give you thanks today and I ask this in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.